This week's episode of the Habs Forum brought to you as always by SeekGiant.ca. Use promo code DHABSFORM uh, to get 5% off your purchases. Uh, so we're going to talk about, as always, the recent games, a um, few wins, a few losses, the upcoming games, and the playoff push trying to catch up to Columbus, maybe Carolina, but probably just between us and Columbus. A uh, few other things to touch on, Gallagher matching his goal total, some prospect news to touch on, and we have a new bracket that we're doing in the in the spirit of March Madness, a poll-based prospects bracket. So more details on that later, and our di- deep dive on prospects is Kale Fleury and Arthur Kaliev. Kaliev. Kaliev this week. All right, so let's get to the recent game. So last time uh, we did our podcast was before the Detroit win. Um, so, I mean, it was a must win. We know this year the Canadians have basically had Detroit's number. I mean, sure, Detroit's bad overall, but, like, there's two games where the Canadians absolutely destroyed Detroit this year. Yeah. This game was not super convincing considering the importance of the game and who we were playing, even though they won. Yeah, it was pretty disappointing. I mean, like you said, especially when you consider the importance, who they're playing, the success that the Canadians have had all season long against Detroit. I mean, Detroit, obviously, they don't have really anything to play for at this no, point. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, but the thing is, you have, always have to remember, the individual players often, there'll be guys playing for spots next year, playing for contracts, stuff like that. So it, there, there's always, you know, it's never easy. You know, it's, it's never going to be just like, no one's just going to give you the win. But still... Even if Detroit's playing as hard as they possibly can, Canadians should be able to beat them fairly easily. Definitely. And and it definitely was not an easy game. I mean, they they were up 2-0, and they gave they give up. Or, oh, fuck, were they up 2-0? Yeah, yeah up, up 2-0, 2-0 in, in, in the yeah. second. Uh, and then uh, 40 seconds into the third, uh, oh, Anthony yeah. Anthanasiu, who Anthanasiu. always does always, really well against the Canadians. Canadians. <laughs> yeah, he's like a... The, this, I know he's basically Detroit's main... New young yeah, guy, one, like, of the, one of the best players. Like obviously there's sure. Zadina, who's still pretty young, hasn't really produced yet. But every single game against, it's like all you hear uh, the broadcasters uh, talking about is him. And he's just getting these. He had a few break. I think he had a breakaway before he even scored this goal. So he, he's always performing against Canadians for some reason. Yeah, I mean, and you know they look. They were up two zero after after two. I mean, it looked like they were basically in the driver's seat, and it let in the goal early in the third, and then. I mean, they were they were basically on their heels the yeah. rest of the way. They luckily they were able to score the uh, score the score the empty netter there at the end. But um, no, it definitely wasn't a, wasn't a good game. Luckily, they were able to get the win at the end of the day. That's the most important thing. But even when I saw that game, the effort that they put forth, like I was, you know, I was pretty nervous about the rest of the weekend. Exactly because this right th- this was uh, this was our our gimme game if. If you will, going into the Islanders, who have been probably this season's one of the season's biggest surprises, very very tough matchup, and then Chicago, who is not the team it used to be, but still has some top tier talent there, right? So, and those games did not go well at all. No, and, and I mean the game against the Islanders too. They, I mean it was one one for the longest time, and then they they got scored on with I think but about three one one on Carey Price's back. Oh yeah, though. oh definitely. That, that was one of Carey Price's best performances of the year, and the team just wasn't able to capitalize on it. Even Barry Trotz, after the game, said uh, his exact quote was, we, we ran into a Hall of Fame goalie. Who played, who played like, like a, like Hall, a of Hall of Fame. Exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> amazing performance by Price, and just such a disappointing... At the end, it was one of those games where we were just hoping 
please get to overtime. Please get to overtime. At least just just to get the one point. Exactly, you know? exactly. But then uh, uh, Anders Lee scores with uh, just under three minutes to go. That was such such a backbreaking goal. And such a bad play at the blue line yeah. too. I mean, you know, but Domi and Kulak sort of got mixed up there, and then two on one going the other way. Petrie couldn't cut off the pass. Yeah, Price had no chance on the play, oh, as, as well no as, he, as, as he played that game. Absolutely no chance on that play. And th- that's one of those goals where you're scared that at the end of the year, we're going to be out by one point. And that's 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 the, exactly. that's the goal I'm thinking about, right? Because with the way Price was playing, short of this type of blunder, we could have at least got the point in overtime. Like I said, one of those games where I'm not necessarily expecting to win. And you hate, because the loser point kind of sucks, obviously. It's kind of like what we have because they don't really know how to figure out overtime in the regular season. But at the end of the... So you, you hate to be hoping for the loser point, but you we needed that point. Yeah, at this point, yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, every point matters. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. I mean, especially with the teams that we're chase, <laughs> chasing right now, they just keep on winning, basically. Exactly, exactly. So well, aside from maybe Columbus, but even then, I mean, the Canadians haven't been much better. But, I mean... You know, it was the story. Carey Price. I mean, if he didn't play the way that he did against Detroit, they would have. They probably would have lost that game. And the Islanders, unfortunately, weren't able to squeak it out. And then, I mean, the Detroit game to me, Price made some big saves. Don't get me wrong. I just think overall it was an uninspired efforts by both sides. It's just yeah. a game that should have been a bit easier. I mean, Price oh, did definitely. make some big saves for sure. Well, especially in the yeah. third. Yeah, in the third to yeah. preserve the win. I mean, uh, yeah, that's the save. I forget who he stopped on the breakaway, but that was a crazy save that he made. Um, and then, obviously, the game against the Blackhawks, again, you know, I th- you would think that they're going to come out with, with a huge effort, especially after I mean, after the loss of the Islanders. Andrew Shaw came out and basically called out the team. Yeah. You know, and... You're he, expecting a big performance after yeah. that. But in their defense, they did look, they didn't play well, but... Corey Crawford had an amazing game. Yeah, he did. Forty-eight save shutout. Yeah. I mean, the Canadians are one of those teams that, like, the the the, the I almost don't like looking looking at that shots on goal stat for the Canadians because they, it's just the the style that they play. They always end up with a lot of shot, shots on goal. Canadians outshooting a team does not mean they outplayed them. Like, definitely, we've seen no, this exactly. time and time again. They got a lot of shots from the perimeter, but forty-eight shots is that's, it, that, that's something <laughs> else, right? Like, the, that's more what I'm what we're talking about when it's like maybe thirty-two shots versus like twenty-six. Then that's probably okay. The the, the extra shots of the Canadians are just some perimeter shots, but forty-eight shot yeah, shutout that that's. That's that's going to be one of his best performances in his career when it, when it's all said and done. You know, you don't get a lot of games like that from yeah. a goaltender. Well, I mean, Corey Crawford always plays well against the Canadians. Like, every, like any Quebec goaltender. Exactly, exactly. Like it's just like Jonathan Bernier. Exactly. It's 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 the curse of Patrick Roy, the future curse of Carey Price. Yeah, the the these goaltenders playing for Montreal, being the stars of the team, creating these. These kids that want to be goaltenders yeah, end up true. in the end up in the NHL. It's it's just it's something that we've seen, we've always seen uh, for the Canadians. Yeah, luckily it hasn't been the case so far for Carter Hart. Yeah, <laughs> when he, when he plays against yeah. Gary Price, that's true. Um, not that he played that bad. I mean, he let in two goals. I mean, better than the the last game against because uh, he got pulled the last time. Oh yeah, uh, oh, that that, awesome. that was that was terrible. <laughs> It was really bad. Yeah, he didn't play too, too bad. Um, and the goal, I mean, obviously Weber shoots, like, has, like, the best shot in the league. But, like, even at that, like, I don't know. It wasn't the best goal. Like, he, well, he that could was have the, seen the puck. Weber didn't get the whole shot there. Yeah. That, that was more Andrew Shaw's goal than anything else. Did a great job of screening the goaltender. And 
Voracek just jumping out of the way. Yeah, that was you know, pretty bad. That's just the tale of two polar opposites because you have Voracek jumping out of the way, not even pretending to want to block the shot. Like unlike me yesterday making an amazing block at the end of our <laughs> game. But anyways, but then you have Andrew Shaw who he knows full well Shea Weber's the one winding up there. And Shea Weber has asked Nashville fans. He's injured his own teammates more than more than a few times. Well, he's injured Gallagher. Exactly, he's injured <laughs> Gallagher from from slash. But Shaw, he doesn't care. He's there to win, yep. and he just did his job. And and then the 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 game winning goal uh, we got there. So it's it just it's just amazing. I think I mean the great the great thing about this win too. I mean obviously it was it was a huge win for the Canadians, but I mean this was the game seven for the Flyers. Yeah, 100%. like if they win this game. Yeah, you know they're right with us. Exactly, they're, they're right back in. But with losing this game, I mean, they're, they're pretty much out of it. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, because if they if they won, we'd have eighty one points, and and they'd have eighty points, right? So they'd be right in the in the, in the thick of it. Imagine, imagine what like the media would say if one of the Canadians players did what Voracek oh, did. I, I, I thought the exact same thing. When it happened, I, I thought if, what, imagine if Jonathan Drouin did that. Because he's wow. he's been the scapegoat lately. He's been the quote-unquote soft player. And like, I don't necessarily agree with that, but he that's that's what it's been attributed to him lately. If he does what Voracek did there at oh, this point in the wow. season, uh, he'd get run out of town. He'd get run out of town. Uh, yeah, that would be bad. That, that I mean. Be. That would be something. I mean, for a guy like Voracek, like he's a veteran at this point. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing. Is, him, but. I don't know. Maybe it's just. I mean, it's easy to say. I mean, if I saw Shea Weber wind up, I'd probably jump out of the way. I don't. Get, I don't make millions of dollars a year though to play to play hockey. But anyway, I'm happy you jumped out of the way. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you can't say enough about how big of a win that that was. And uh, earlier in the game, so speaking, you, you mentioned uh, Andrew Shaw spoke up. Then the. The the main leader leaders on the team, I would say, are Shea Weber and Brendan Gallagher. Yeah. I mean, if Shea Weber wasn't a Montreal Canadian through that trade, I think the obvious, like a lot of fans at the beginning of the season, actually, I think we talked about this, thought Gallagher might have a case to be captain uh, uh, over over mm-hmm. Shea Weber. I mean, he just showed up to play, gets the first goal of the game, and then RDS had this stat that I. It's one of those things when they said it, it made so much sense because. It's true. Mm-hmm. You see this all the time, but I didn't realize he was by far the best player in uh, in the span of the the last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, since since the beginning of the last season. 18 first goal of the 18 times he scored the first goal of the game. That's crazy. Most in the NHL. But when you think back at it, that's so, I, I, it's so true. Like he's mm-hmm. always scoring the first goal of the game, and it just says so much about the type of player he is. He's always ready to play. He busts his balls from puck drop. To the last whistle of the game, so it makes sense that he would score quick goals like that, and it's just so important. I'd, I'd love to see the Canadians' win loss percentage in those games yeah. too. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, he's, he's. I mean, he's a gamer. He's always ready to go. I mean, thirty-one goals last year, thirty-one goals this year. I don't. Has he ever scored an empty netter? Like I don't remember Gallagher ever scoring. No, an empty I, netter. well, actually, looking through these games, I, I realized that Domi's last two goals were yeah. empty netters. Actually, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, he's a, uh, such a gamer. Like all of his goals, it's always important goals. Yeah, like, exactly. Anytime the Canadians exactly. Need a goal. He, he's, he's the one that's going to score it. He's really been the heart and soul of the team for for, for years now. I, I I remember a few years ago when he went because he had a few uh, injuries uh, in le- recent years, and I, I forget which one it was. One of his hand injuries, and the, the team just collapsed after that. Yeah. He he's he really really carries this team. And Shea Weber obviously is he's known throughout the NHL. If if there was a player poll for the best leader in the in the league, he would probably win. Oh, yeah. he, he he's known for being a leader, uh, captain of uh, Team Canada, and everything. 
But Shea Weber, it's like he, Shea Weber's, uh, I mean, Brendan yeah, Gallagher is the definition of lead by example. Mm. It's, it, it, I just, I just, I just love him. So I hope, I hope he retires in Montreal Canadiens. I would, I would, it would break my heart to see Gallagher in an, a different jersey than the Canadiens jersey. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, definitely. I mean, I think any fan would hope that he's going to be, you know, a lifetime Montreal Canadian. And I mean, probably especially on the contract that he has. Exactly. Right probably one of the best. De- oh, yeah. Deals in the NHL, 3. right? 3.5 million, I think, if I'm uh, not mistaken. I'm just pulling it up right now. Crazy deal. <coughs> yeah, 3.75 for, for, well, after this year, two more years after this year. Yeah. That, that's that's insane. That's it. I almost, in a, in a way, feel bad for him because he should be making <laughs> so much more money than that. But, you know, he'll get his payday. He's 26. Yeah, at, that, at the end of that deal, he's <coughs> going to be getting a big payday. No, for sure. For sure. Uh, but, uh, uh, but then, then again, who, who, the way he plays, that's what's tough because he does get injured because, because but he doesn't care. It's it's not like you see players sometimes that they 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 blo- they block a shot and break a hand like happened to Gallagher, and then they never the same when they come back. Yeah. They just don't put themselves in that situation again. Well, Gallagher ha- literally happened to him twice. Yeah. yeah, like so he, he the he injuries too. Like, it's, it, like I don't necessarily think it's that much the way that he plays. <laughs> just, like those kind of injuries are just bad luck. I I um, agree. I agree. But Voracek would not get that injury. Did, well, I guess <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's not like like you know you could say that about Andrew Shaw and Andrew Shaw. You know he's had a bunch of concussions. So I mean, you know, yeah, but he plays the same type of game though. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah but you know. So you're agreeing with me? Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> I guess I can. You accidentally agree. But I mean, luckily he hasn't. He he never has had any issues with with the injuries aside from the hand, which is no, exactly. Like I, I wouldn't. I would. I I see. What, I guess what you're saying though is that I wouldn't characterize him as injury prone. No, and, and neither would I. I. I do think they they were unlucky in that sense, but it's just because of the way he plays, he puts himself in those yeah. situations. But you. I wouldn't want him to change the way he plays, and I don't think he is capable to change the way he no. plays. He no, he's true. always gonna go as hard as he can until his body won't follow him. Like just like what's happening with Andrew Shaw. Andrew Shaw might not end up finishing his uh, out his contract yeah. because at the end of the day, his body won't be able to keep up with how much he wants to perform. Kind of like a Vetchkin. I mean, obviously Gallagher's not as good as a, a, a Vetchkin, but I mean, it's the same sort of thing. Like you know, when he came into the league, people thought like he's never going to be able to keep this up. Yeah, he's so like, reckless, yeah, all yeah. the time. He's never, he's never been yeah. injured. I mean, he, he slows down going back in the defensive zone. It's, it's, well, it's, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> not, not that he's necessarily the worst, uh, and, no. but there's been periods of time where there, there's clips that been that been. There, there's Damn. this classic clip that would someone put an overlay of a Xbox controller losing battery and disconnected yeah. and just as of Oveshkin just no, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it looked like uh, so yeah so all, all that to say that in the last four games two wins two losses I mean the Philly game at least they came to play yeah that was a, yeah, that was the best performance in since when? I mean, before the Detroit game, there was the two pathetic performances in Anaheim and San Jose. Mm-hmm. I mean, L.A. was fine. I mean, Pittsburgh five one was 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 a solid solid performance. So, yeah, that was a good one. So in in a couple of weeks in crunch time, that was the best game in a while. So that before that game, I was starting to almost completely lose hope for the playoffs. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, two losses in a row against teams that they. In games they should have won, especially the way that Carey Price is playing. Exactly, right now. the Islanders they, they should have at least gotten that point 
bad. considering how Price is playing. Chicago, they didn't even compete. I mean, like, once again, it was Corey Crawford, but yeah. still. I mean, how many times are we going to say a goaltender no, exactly. you know, exactly. plays out of his mind against the Canadians? So this actually gave me hope for, for what's going on, because now this stretch is coming up. I mean, tonight's game is probably the... Well, I mean, Carolina's a tough matchup too, obviously. But the Islanders just lost against them. But this time at home, you you gotta hope. One, the situation of that, like with the playoff push and everything. And two, after how the game ended against the Islanders exactly a week ago, you've got to think that they're gonna want to amend for that. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, they they have to come out strong here for sure. I mean, this is gonna be a big game. It's also a big game for the Islanders, though. I mean, they're. You know, trying to finish in first spot in their division, but it's it's going to be a good test tonight. Hopefully, they can keep the momentum going that they that they got from their win from the win against the Flyers. It's going to be a big game, and I mean, the, the next couple of games are going to be huge. I mean, Buffalo must win. You can't lose no, against Buffalo this sure. point of the year. But then Carolina. Carolina. I mean, like bef- yesterday we were watching, or was it the day before Carolina when they uh, they 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 yeah, they, 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 they beat uh, yeah, Pittsburgh? Tuesday. That that was a very frustrating game for for people that didn't watch it. But basically, <laughs> Pittsburgh was up uh, was up was it two to one or three to two? Two to one, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But it basically, they were they were up by one goal late in the game, and then Carolina at like two minutes left in the game score a goal and. And uh, what's his name? Murray yeah, had Murray. had the puck yeah, and he and, and he dropped it and then they end up winning overtime. The worst possible scenario. And that win kind of makes it so that now the, the Carolina's four points ahead of the Canadians. So realistically, with the game in hand, w- with the game in hand. So probably not catching up to Carolina. But with that said, if you beat Carolina on Sunday, then who knows? Yeah, then it's two points yeah. in a game in hand. I mean, so hopefully, I mean they they they, they could still catch them for sure. I mean, but that that obviously, if they if they hope to catch them, that's going to be a must win game. Oh, must win game for sure. And then Florida at home, you got to win. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's obviously a must win as well. I, I feel like it's there for them to grab it. Like the, the, I, it really seems it's not one of those situations where you have to hope the other team does bad. Because yes, you hope the other team does bad, but you're actually playing the other teams. So the, the, the their fate is in their own hands. And of course, Carolina, Columbus, they are saying the same thing. Oh, yeah. But it's who's going to step up. It's like some pre-playoffs we're having right now. It's definitely the most exciting hockey we had, we had as Montreal Canadian fans in a while. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And I mean, uh, and then next Thursday playing the Blue Jackets. So I mean, you know, that, that that could be the season right there. Yeah, and in the span of three games, that you're playing the Hurricanes and the Blue Jackets. Yeah. So I mean, that's like you said. I mean, they they their fate is basically in their own hands at this point. And if you if you look a bit more at uh, on Columbus's side, it's kind of it's, it's it's kind of similar. The, I mean, they just lost against Calgary. Uh, they're playing against Edmonton tonight. With Edmonton, you kind of never know. They're, they're a very they have a lot of skill. So there's 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 games that they, they come out and play hard. But they're, at the end of the yeah. day, they're pretty low in the standings. After that, Vancouver. But they're still it's a West Coast trip. So it's I, I know Columbus is, is more out, out west than, than than Montreal. But still, they're still Eastern time zone if I'm not mistaken. Columbus, uh, or, or they're central, like we were talking about before. So it's an hour difference. From so, so, so for Columbus, you got Edmonton, and Vancouver to finish off the the Western Canada road trip, and then the Islanders uh, for them at, for in Columbus. So, pretty similar schedule to what the Canadians are looking at right now, right? Like we have Buffalo, they have Edmonton and Islanders, and we they both playing Islanders, and then it's Canadians versus Columbus. So, it's 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 really. It's up to both teams to, to just perform and, and it, 
go yeah. get it. Yeah, both teams have been struggling. I mean, the Blue Jackets, uh, I think since the trade deadline, they're like 4-6-1 and one or something. So, they, I mean, they haven't been doing much better than the Canadians. Uh, and Bobrovsky apparently is injured as well. Yeah, not playing tonight against Edmonton. So No uh, news about like how long he might be out, but... Uh, I mean, the, 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 the tweet was uh, he's nicked or something like that, but that's Tortorella. The, 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 the yeah, yeah, Tortorella, yeah. yeah so, so well, he's not going to give the media anything. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's there. It's there. It's it, it's exciting. And it's it, it, I'm, it's been such a roller coaster march because f- at the beginning of March, I was sure we're making the playoffs. And then after a few games, I was like, oh, no, uh, what's going on? And then I was like, oh, we're definitely not making the playoffs. Yeah, like, and then I'm right back and, oh, we're going to make the playoffs. Like, like three or four weeks ago, like, like I was like, well, it's done. We're making the playoffs. Oh, it's, for sure. Like, it wasn't even like a question. At one point, uh, I, I, it was around game like 62 or something like that. We were in second in the division and playing yeah. Toronto, hoping to hold on to that spot. You know, it's it, yeah. it, it, it's uh, fallen off, obviously, uh, a little bit since then. But realistically... They are where skill wise for the team they should be. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean, said at the beginning of the year on a, I think our first show, I said, you know, I, th- I thought it was going to come down to the last game of the season, whether they were going to make the playoffs or not, and I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to be. Yeah. It's what it's what it's looking like, uh, like uh, right now for sure. Uh. So yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens in the next week. Yeah, we're gonna have a much better idea of what uh, this is because you go on a quick couple game uh, losing streak and you're done. But like you said, probably gonna end up. Being uh, the last game of the season, so yeah. aside for that, uh, do you have any other like specific news you wanted to talk about? Or? Uh, no, I mean uh, Domi. Domi is pretty exciting. Uh, Twenty-five goals. I don't think too many people were, were expecting that. I mean, obviously Galley getting thirty-one goals. Oh, we didn't even talk about Price getting three fifteen. That's actually. true. That's true. Against <laughs> Detroit, yeah, when uh, pretty significant. That golden stick they gave him. That was sick. Is so sick. I fucking love that thing. Yeah, that's pretty sick. And, and, and there's something because like I've seen this like a thousandth game. Uh, like they give like the silver stick to players, yeah. but there's something about a goalie stick, right? Because it's like it's like bigger yeah. and all that. So I don't know. It looked so yeah, fucking really good, man. Nice. Really nice. So actually. Um, that brings up the conversation we were talking about it yesterday at the in at our hockey game. Where does because he has the most wins in Canadians history. I mean, wins I've always thought is a bit of a dumb stat to attribute to one position. It still means something. Yeah. Uh, but where does this place price in the pantheon of the Montreal Canadiens as far as goaltenders? Yeah, it's tough to say. Well, I mean, I think you know, like like we were saying yesterday. I mean, it's it's tough to compare eras. Really, For sure. yeah. I mean. You know how how do you compare Carey Price to like Ken Dryden and Jacques Plante? Yeah, I mean obviously I mean there's a bit a little bit easier comparison comparing him to Patrick Waugh. Yeah, I mean Patrick Waugh, I mean he has you know a couple of Stanley Cups. Uh, yeah, so I mean it's, it's for, to, for sure, uh, for sure. I mean, but but Patrick Waugh's half his uh, career accolades were after the Canadians, but he he did win two in, in yeah, Montreal. He won two of cups in Montreal. But different because people love to talk about how the '93 team, like. What carried them, and they were a terrible team. If you go back and look at that team's roster, it was not a terrible team. Price has never had a team that good in front of him. No, no, I guess no, no, he hasn't. But I mean, they weren't that good of a team either. I, I don't know. I mean, if you if you look at the their their, their stats, I, I I've pulled it up this up a few times before because. Uh, I I always like, obviously not try to to, to shit on a no. on on the Hawaii here, but like it's just. 
it's always uh, overrated to me a little bit, like how, how they talk about how like he carried, uh, he played amazing in those playoffs, obviously, but he had a solid team in front of him. Like let me let me just pull up the hockey DB, uh, right? So 92-93, Montreal Canadiens. So you got top scorer Vincent Danfous with 98, uh, 97 points, Kirk Muller with ninety four points, Brian Bellows forty goals, eighty eight points. I mean, you got some Stéphane Lebeau, 80 points. That's You got four players with 80. What's the last time the Canadians have four players with 80 points on, yeah, the, on the team? Yeah, I mean, there was more goals scored. You know, in I mean, we're, talk, we're, we're talking about the 90s. The 90s, it, we're not talking about the the 80s or the 70s. Like, uh, well, I'm sure there was, I'm pretty sure there was a lot more goals scored. I don't know. Uh, even, even in the early 90s. But, I mean, uh, I mean, it's tough to say. He's He's obviously still got quite a few years ahead of him. So, I mean, it, you can't really say at this point. No, of course not. Yeah, it's we'll hard say. to say. It's hard to say. But I think he's up there. I, I think he's in the conversation with Roy Dryden, Plant, and uh, that's pretty much it. And one season of Theodore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, I think... Patrick Roy maybe a little bit ahead of him. Uh, I think yeah, yes, yes. Point, I think you but... still have to, to, to keep him ahead of him. Uh, it's too bad how uh, how it ended with Roy, so it's hard not to be bitter yeah, about it. Obviously. I mean, he for for me, him leaving is literally my first hockey memory. Yeah, I definitely remember that. Like I remember that like it was yesterday. Because yeah, I, I remember watching the press conference. So it's ninety three, uh, born like eighty six, eighty seven. So that means we were. Yeah, like What's seven. like seven years old, and I remember six being and like I watched hockey, but I wasn't like obsessed with it yet. And I remember we were watching a press conference, and I remember asking my mom, being like, "Why are we watching this guy talk to a microphone? I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> and then and then like kind of like explained to me what was going on, and and that not it's not why I don't blame Roy for this. I I blame Mario Tremblay and 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 Réjean Hull. and then Réjean Hull with the atrocious trade, and it just led to a decade of the worst. Oh, Montreal yeah. Canadiens teams oh, yeah. ever, and this is what we grew up watching, right? <laughs> so, <Yeah>. so <laughs> it, it, it's that's that's what Juan represents to me as a Habs fan. Unfortunately, you know, also he represents the last <laughs> cup, but still. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely that was that obviously set the Canadians back for like twenty years. No, it, it's crazy. Much. They, the Canadians, I had never the two thousands was the first decade that they didn't win a single cup. Yeah, and it's it starts from there, right? It's obviously it's harder now. There's more teams and it's more uh, more competitive, but uh, it, it starts from there. Like who who knows if one he never gets traded, and two, the return is more fucking decent than what no, we no. got. You know, yeah, I mean, a... I know Thibault was supposed to be like a legit prospect at the time, but yeah, oof. yeah, that was a bad trade. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how you look at it, like most of the trades uh, around yeah. that time. But <coughs> um, yeah, so I mean, obviously, awesome. 315, now 316. Uh, again, Gallagher, 31 goals again this season. I don't think many people thought Gallagher was going to get 30 goals. I but know. I you're know saying I that because you didn't think he'd get 30 goals again. I don't think that many people thought he was going to get I mean, th- there's no reason to think he couldn't replicate what he did uh, last I guess, year. But, but, like, I mean, sure, it was a safer bet to assume between 25 and 30, maybe just mm-hmm. under 30. But, hey, there's still eight games left, eight important games left, yeah. eight games that Gallagher's probably going to show up hard for. Yeah, could maybe get 35. Yeah, knows? yeah. It's uh, 40. 
Why not 40? Well, maybe not 40. Oh, yeah, not 40. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You go on a streak. You could have a, a Dwayne type of game with uh, with four points. So Domi getting 25, too. No, definitely. I mean, too bad the last two were empty net goals. Yeah. But still, I mean, that's not taking away anything away from Domi. Those goals are still important. People love to shout on empty net goals. But like, and he, were, he hustled. His no, ex- exactly. Exactly. And those seal the game for extremely important games. So uh, definitely not hating. And he is by far the... the he's going to... For, for a new player to just join the team this year on the Montreal Canadiens and be the top point getter of the team in the first season is, is fantastic. I would love to see him get to 70 points. Is that 64 right now? Yeah. It, it, that, I mean, it doesn't mean anything no, whether he has 68, well, yeah, 69, sure, or 70. Sure it means a little, bit, a little something to him. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's just... <laughs> It just seems there's something about hitting the 70s versus the 60s. It just feels like an extra, an extra level, an extra tier, you know. Definitely not too many people thought Domi was going to get 25. No, no, definitely not, yeah. definitely not. I mean, and outperform Galchenyuk to the extent uh, that he has. Uh, then you also have number two best scorer on the team right now. Uh, I mean, points, not goals, but uh, Thomas Tatar with 51 points. Yeah, I mean. Really, that's probably the biggest surprise <laughs> at the end. Like some people seem to think he was finished, but clearly not. Right back to his uh, kind of like twenty-five, twenty-five ways. He's at twenty-two goals, twenty-nine assists this uh, this season. But yeah, offensively the, the team has been yeah uh, a lot. Dan knows having a great season. Been, you know, you're just me. You're missing that one really top-tier guy that hopefully Kutkinyemi can turn into. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I definitely think he's showing the potential. I mean. Give him a couple of years when he grows into his body a yeah. little bit more. He, he's going to be one hell of a player for sure. And it's obviously amazing to because we I think we forget that Dwayne and Domi are twenty three years old. Yeah, you know. So I mean, they still have a few years to potentially have even like bigger seasons uh, than that. Yeah, hopefully the media and the fans don't run him out of town. <laughs> uh, Domi, I'm not. I'm not worried. No, but uh, but Dwayne, it's and I, I think I mean. Uh, yes, I mean if you look at the stats, where it's it's very inconsistent, and but I mean I think people are exaggerating his like effort level and all that. It's just the type of player he is. At the end of the day, he's he. I think he might just be this. He's a 50, 50 to sixty point getter with about twenty goals a season, yeah. who has flashes of brilliance, and he is paid as much as those types of players. I yeah, mean, he's that's, not making that much money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah. it might just be who he is, you know? I mean, he's, he, again, like you said, he's only 23. He's still got, I mean, he's not in his prime yet. Give him, you know, in a couple of years, he could be a pretty damn good player yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. I mean, I know I hit my prime in my uh, late 20s. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, moving forward, we got some prox- prospect news to talk about. A few a few all-star teams and all that. Not all-star teams, but... Uh, oh, we got the... Uh, yeah, so I mean... Uh, well, we'll talk about the, the March Madness. Yeah, sure. Let's get into the March Madness. So we got the uh, so in the spirit of March Madness, we got the Mar- the Habs prospect March Madness bracket. Yes, basically in the spirits of March Madness, for people that know nothing about <laughs> college basketball, let's make it about hockey. <laughs> exactly. So it's a tournament. Uh, I mean, we got four different brackets of prospects. We got one coming from the NCAA, one from uh, AHL prospects, one for CHL, and one for uh, for European prospects. Some of us, I mean, Europe, Europe for for example, they don't have eight prospects. So I had to play around with a little bit, but uh, should be exciting. We'll see. Uh, I mean, hopefully, we get a lot of votes. Yeah. No, I mean, it's uh, I, I, when you messaged me about this idea, I, I think it's a, it's a great idea. It's a lot of fun to look at it that way. You can even argue about. I mean, I think the CHL bracket is probably by far the strongest one. 
you would think. Yeah, 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 I guess. Uh, maybe not, actually, because uh, Europe with Romanov and Elonan and Ikenen. That's pretty yeah, yeah. Well, even the NCAA. Yeah, that's I mean. true. I mean, AHL is probably the weakest, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, you got Kale Fleury. They get the least love, that's for sure. No, definitely. But the thing is, is the AHL, it's, it's these types of, you don't, you don't have that raw potential. You know, yeah, you, the guys that are there, I mean, the, I, I, Evans, I think, could be in the NHL maybe even next year. Like, McNiven has a, a hell of a lot of potential to be a goalie at some point. Fleury is definitely going to be an NHLer. Um, but, uh, well, anyway, I mean, we'll see We'll see how it shapes up. I mean, any potential? Because, obviously, their rankings, I mean, there's no exact science to it. It's it basically exactly like the NCAA. Some random white dude decided <laughs> where these people rank. There you go. So, the same thing here. Huh? Same thing. Random, random white dude. <laughs> so, I mean, is there, because this is obviously it's just vote-based. So it's not like these we're, we're going to have these players play against each other. We have no way of making that happen. <laughs> but uh, do, you, do you see any potential like big upsets here based on the, the fan vote, the, looking at the different brackets? Uh, I don't know. I mean, hope, we'll see. I mean, I think I think probably Brooks going to win it. Is he really the best Canadian's prospect? I don't think so. You think Brooks is going to win over Brooks going to win. Over Suzuki. Really? I think Brook right now has got a lot of hype. I think it's going to come down to like Brook and Primo. Well, well, the 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 Brook and Suzuki final for the CHL. Yeah. We, assuming they that we don't get an upset there, that that's probably going to be. I mean, there's Paling too in the NCAA. Yeah, Paling and Primo. That'll yeah, Paling and Primo. Yeah. Maybe get Romanov and Yelonen as yeah. well. Yeah. So that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's so yeah, so uh, gonna be tweeting the so what's what's the that's goal? We're gonna start it tonight. Yeah. We're gonna start tonight uh, during the Canadians game, probably at the the first intermission. Uh, basically, the plan is gonna be we're gonna do two head to heads each day. Um, so we'll have two polls each day, um, roughly. I mean, I'll probably send them out about, about like you know, game time, even when there's not a game. I mean, we'll yeah. we'll be doing it around that time, like six seven o'clock. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, no, sure. it should be fun. And then uh, it won't be done by the ni- by the time of the next podcast. How long do you think? It's going to uh, no, it's going to last about two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll be able to recap it a little bit next week and talk about more if there are some upsets or anything like that. But uh, I, I, we just try to find ways to have a bit of uh, audience uh, participation. There you go. So uh, <laughs> make your make your voice heard, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about the results uh, next week and the week after that. Uh, so aside from that, with uh, with the prospects, I mean, you mentioned that there was a couple of votes. Uh, so first of all, uh, well, we didn't talk about it before, but I mean, Price was uh, the player's goal. He was the number one goalie. Price, not a prospect, though. No, I know. But, uh, <laughs> but there was but yeah, a similar yeah, one yeah, exactly. Similar one in the OHL. Suzuki was named the smartest player, second best shot, and third best playmaker. I, I do really love hearing that because you, you hear so much about um, scouts and just – you just like you can only watch so many games to watch so many prospects, and you you you, you like you you'll pick up like Bob McKenzie will talk about one prospect, and you know then you'll make your whole opinion based on that. But like to hear it from the players themselves. Well, well no, this is a coaches poll. Oh, the, oh, the coaches. Yeah, this is a coaches poll. Well, the price I mean, was a players. Poll. But, but 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 coaches is still. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If anything, that's even more exactly. If anything, that's even more relevant than the than a, than a players poll. I mean the that and the fact that they think that now even that you're saying that the coaches that the coaches think he's the smartest player. Yeah, that's the yeah. one that got has me the most excited. 
Yeah, definitely. Because that's the type of thing that you hopefully really translates to the NHL. Yeah. I mean, we already knew that he had a great shot. Yeah. We already know that he's that he's a great playmaker. But I mean, the fact that he's the smartest player, I mean, that's yeah. that's great. Yeah. Definitely, definitely something you want to hear for sure. Uh, we got Josh Brook named to the WHL first uh, first team, and Scott Walford named to the WHL second team. So, so is that is that surprising a little bit? Or um, he's he's definitely one of the, not a hugely talked about prospect. Yeah, I mean, I really love Scott Walford, but he's the kind of guy that just because of like Brook and Suzuki, no one no one talks about. Fair, him. fair enough. But um, yeah, I mean, he he should be in uh, in Laval next season. I think he's going to turn a lot of heads. He. You know, I think he's gonna. He could put up a similar season, similarly surprising season. I guess you could say that Fleury's putting up this year. I mean, is it me or is it is is it just because I'm more focused on the prospects this year, or does it not seem like we're gonna get a big haul for the Rocket next year? Oh yeah, the team uh, is gonna improve in, in <laughs> like like incredibly. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, well, especially on defense. I mean, uh, just on defense, you got. You know, Josh Brook, you got Walford coming in, you got uh, potentially Jared Tiska as well. And then obviously, I mean, Paling potentially coming in at forward along with Suzuki. It's uh, it's going to be an exciting season next year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, you're going to see, because it takes time when you have really solid drafts to see the difference at the NHL level. Uh, but it, it goes through the AHL first, right? So it, it'd be, I would love to see... Just a, a boost in performance at the uh, for uh, for the Rocket next year because it's obviously been a very disappointing season by the Rocket, right? Yeah. Well, I mean they they got off to a really bad start, and I mean this in the second half they've been really good. Um, so I mean, you know, they, they, their poor start to the season they were something I think they were like eight and sixteen or yeah. something. Well, they, with all the defense you named, plus you add to the fact that the best young player on the Rocket right now is Kale Fleury, he's also a defenseman. So. Yeah, I mean, arguably, maybe, but in my yeah, opinion, it's yeah, Kale Fleury. It's, 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 but yeah, yeah I so. mean... So it, it, the defense is, is going to be really really solid. Then in, yeah, in, we're talking about a lot of young about. guys, though. And, of and course. actually, I was talking, well, I was tweeting with uh, with the two, uh, the Rocket commentators, Anthony Marcotte and Raphael Doucet, that's what they were saying. That basically, I mean, then you ha- I mean, you have these th- these three guys coming in, plus you have Fleury, plus you have Sklenichka. That's like, five guys that are in their first or second professional season. So, I mean, uh, we'll see how that's going to work out exactly. I mean, of course, yeah. yeah. You have to surround them, obviously, with a bunch of <coughs> guys as well. Well, if so, is still there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. If, yeah, I mean, I'd love to have him back. Hopefully he is the captain of the Rocket. Um, I, I just feel like he's he's better than yeah, an AHL defenseman. Like, he's at yeah, least a 6'7". An I don't think he gets an NHL contract. You don't think so? Season. No. I mean, I think he'll come back. To I game. mean, I'd like him on the Canadians right now. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he he could potentially do something for the Canadians. I mean, I would. I think he'll probably get called up. Especially yeah, once, if the Canadians yeah. make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, aside from that, so uh, Paling NCHC first team. Uh, he had Primo uh, hockey uh, won the Hockey East Three Stars Award. Um, so I mean, a lot of prospects getting a lot of rewards. That's what you like to see. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because yeah, th- those rewards are 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 given by the the, the people that actually closely follow these leagues. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's great to see that within those leagues, not just from outsider point of views, they are seen as being great prospects. Yep. Yep. So uh, I mean, that's that's definitely exciting. And uh, so going into our prospect spotlight now. So we got two guys. Kale Fleury was the guy that you guys voted on for us to talk about today. Um, <clears throat> I think anyone that's listened to our podcast before knows how much I love Kale Fleury. Real, I mean, he he's had 
he came into the uh, came into the AHL this year, 19 years old. I mean, obviously playing playing against men, playing the you know just below the NHL, and he's had an amazing season. He had a bit of a, a bit of a slower stretch, struggled a little bit in the middle of the season, but he's he's turned it on again. I mean, just looking at base stats, 20 points in 49 games for a rookie defenseman. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty it, solid. It good. Yeah, it is good. And I mean, uh, he scored the the game tying goal last night um, when they won in the in shootout against the Providence Bruins. But he's such a great skater. I mean, I think that's that that's that's one of his best things. I mean, he's he's really good defend, um, really two way. I mean, he's he has a great first pass. I think the biggest thing about him is just how calm and composed he is as well. Like if if ever he makes a bad play, he's not going to you know panic or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he if you if if you take a look at him, he looks like he's 13 years old. Yeah. If, you're, if you've ever talked, not talked to him, but if you've ever Heard listened to speaking, an interview, yeah. he has like the voice of like a 60 year old man. A 60 year old. 60 year old. <laughs> so okay, so he has the face of a 12 year old, the voice of a 60 year old, and then he's not a, that he's not small. He's six one, uh, over 200 pounds, based on the hockey DB. Yeah, he's got some good size. So for that, sure. that's good size you want to see on 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 defense. And just looking at his face, you wouldn't. Assume that he's that big. <laughs> Looks like a child, but yeah. And I mean, the thing that I love to see too is the way that he raised his game during the season, especially now. I mean, he's basically been the best player, one of the best players on the Rocket, it, at least in like the, well, not really a playoff stretch. I yeah, guess you yeah. Say, but. but that's exactly what you want to see from young players in the AHL, right? You want to see actual progression, yeah. right? So and, I mean, at the beginning of the season, he started off on the third pairing, and now he's playing top minutes. So I mean that's that's really exciting to see the Joel Bouchon effect. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean uh, he obviously did amazing work with uh, Mete when he went yeah. down. He's doing great work with. Fleury. I mean the the, the, yeah, the 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 best thing we can say about him is Mete's improvement coming back. He's been phenomenal. He's in in some ways has bailed out Weber a few times, who seems to oh, maybe yeah. be hurt. So yeah, I Mete's think he been, might be hurt. Yeah, Mete's been fantastic. But aside from that, I mean, Fleury basically needs to put on a. I mean, obviously, just turned twenty not that long ago. I mean, he ju- just need, basically needs to put on some strength. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely, I, I can't see him not being an NHLer. I mean, even maybe in like a year or two. I don't. Maybe not next season, but. I mean, probably some call ups next year. Yeah, he could definitely get. I yeah. mean, he's probably be the first one to get called yeah. up on defense. Um, I think so. He was drafted third round in two thousand seventeen. Probably should have gone higher than that, but he had. If I'm not mistaken, a CHL worst plus minus, really minus sixty one <laughs> in his draft year, just because he was playing with such a such an awful team. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, minus six. That's that's minus the year before. But, but here, but if you look at the stats, minus sixty one his draft year. Then the next year he's still on the same team to start the year, minus six and seventeen games. Then he got moved to the Regina Pats, plus twenty three. See the plus minus stat. No, no, is no, one no. of the worst stat in sports, and the fact that he might have dropped in the draft because professional scouts looked at that stat blows my mind. Yeah. Well, he was a 17-year-old on a terrible team yeah. that, that, that was being called upon to play like 25 minutes a game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do here in the last couple of games. Maybe he gets a call up. I don't know. We'll see. Probably Once again, it all it all, it all depends on if they make. Uh, whether or not to make the playoffs, but uh, I mean, next season with all the young guys coming in, he's going to be you know twenty years old. He's going to be one of the, the the veterans on D. So it's going to be exciting to see next season with all the all the young guys on D. All right, so uh, then moving on to our potential draft target, Arthur 
Kaliev. Kaliev. My probably my favorite prospect. Yeah. Probably my favorite prospect uh, in this draft. I'd love for the Canadians to draft him. And he, he, he looking at his uh, where he's ranked. If you, I'm, look, I'm looking right now at EliteProspects.com. Realistic for the Canadians to potentially be able to draft him too. Which oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I mean, the thing with him is a lot. You'll see him ranked really high in certain places, obviously because of his goal scoring potential. Is I mean, the points that he's putting up are ridiculous. Uh, however, you can see him as low as like you know maybe the top the high twenties, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that I mean his work ethic kind of gets called into question. Um, I mean, some you know people say his work ethic, but I think it might also have have to do with the fact that he's on not a very good hockey team. <laughs> Uh, also, he's born in Uz- Uzbekistan. Well, he was born in Uzbekistan. He he moved to New York like, when he was two years old. Yeah, but still, how many Uzbekistan? I don't even know how to say that country's name. <laughs> born players have their in the NHL, and we all. That's why Anze Kopitar dropped. I mean, I think that's a stupid reason. Yeah, but that Anze Kopitar, I'm pretty sure. If I remember correctly, one of the reasons some some scouts were like cold on him, it was like I don't know. We we never see big big guys come out of that uh, country, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was born in yeah. He played a or he was born in Slovenia, uh, Kopitar. Yeah. But um, yeah. But he actually he plays for the U.S. though internationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see. But um, yeah. Uh, he. I mean, this guy has so much talent. So like his ceiling is ridiculous. Again, I mean, the the question about him is always going to be the work ethic. Not always the guy that's going to go into the corners but to get I, dirty. For me, anytime I watch a draft, I'm always most interested in... Because there's always a guy that for some reason gets drafted like 12, 13, 14, 15. And when he gets drafted, people describe him as the pure, purest goal, goal scorer in the draft. Well, that's this guy. <laughs> that's, and that guy always... I remember Jeff Skinner, that's how they, were, they described him. Mm-hmm. And he got drafted a bit further and he ended up being one of the best picks out of that draft. and Because that, it, that... It seems to be... It just if you have a nose for scoring goals, it's just one of those things that translates to the NHL, and that you can't teach. There's just, there's guys out there that are just natural goal scorers, and if you can find one of those guys, you gotta scoop him up. Yeah, no, he's yeah. I mean, basically, he's he's a home run swing. You know, yeah. you're either you're either gonna hit a home run, or you're gonna strike it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you know. I love, a lot of the time, people are more comfortable just going with the safer guy, you know, a guy that's going that you know is going to be, you know, worst case like a top four D. Or well, like, we know that's know, not Trevor Timmons' way to, to go. No, no, that's true. I mean, you know, hopefully he doesn't turn yeah. into another Sherback. Of course, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't always work out, but when it does work out, then you look at it like a genius. No, exactly. Like, well, considering the Canadians are probably going to draft in the like late teens, right? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it depends. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, mid teens. Realistically, like mid late teens. I mean, at that point, even there, because like, there's the sure bets are really only in the first few picks. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a really strong draft. Yeah, but but, so many good players. But still, like, if you can get a guy a little bit later who is a pure goal scorer, I mean, let's figure the other stuff out after. If if he's available when the Canadians are drafting, he'd definitely be my pick. I mean, 67 games so far this year, 51 goals, 51 assists, 102 points. Even last year. Not a small guy either at 6'2", 190 pounds. Yeah, you'd like to see him use his body a little bit more. But (laughs) but when he he does, though, he is very strong. He's strong on the puck. Again, just doesn't like to go into the corners. I mean, even last year, 16, 16 years old, Again, not on... Well, no, I mean, the Hamilton was better last year. They were actually pretty good, but 31 goals. 
Yeah. And if you compare him like to the rest of his team this season, I mean, he has 102 points. Second, uh, second guy is Matthew Strom, a fourth round pick, like two or three years ago, and uh, he has like 70 points. And then the center, yeah. the center that's centering them is uh, has six, I think, 60 points. Yeah, because clearly he's creating things so, all by himself. Yeah, he's he's on a bad, you know, he's on a bad team. I think some people think that maybe that's why his work ethic isn't exactly where it's at because he's just sort of carrying the team. Yeah, but um, you know, he's a super exciting prospect, one that I would love the Canadians to draft. I mean, sounds good to me. I was telling you before that uh, in my NHL 19 Hockey Ultimate team, I actually had him on my team for a bit because he had a bit of a future prospect card, and he did very well for me. So based on that analysis, (laughs) I'm going to assume he's going to be a good NHL player. Thank you, Mario, for your (laughs) (laughs) in-depth analysis. While Dustin's on Twitter researching uh, prospects, I'm playing NHL 19. (laughs) All right, guys. So, uh, so make sure to follow the March Madness Habs prospect bracket. Yes, make your voice heard. I want to see some upsets. Yeah, let's see some upsets, guys. Yeah. Like, uh, show Dustin that he doesn't know how to rank these prospects. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like like the episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter or on Facebook as well, and uh, and just get those votes in. All right, thanks for listening, guys.